0: Welcome to Faith Seeking Understanding, a place dedicated to the discussion of Christian faith in 21st century life. C.S. Lewis said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. So join us as we endeavor to understand 21st century life through the lens of Christian faith. I'm your host, Alan Bevere, pastor, professor, author, and lover of Five Alarm Food. Come and seek with me. Well, welcome. Good day, everyone, to another Faith-Seeking Understanding. I am Alan Bevere, your host. I am a pastor, retired professor, Bible moth, theologian in exile, and a peddler of hope. And I am the self-appointed Anselm of Canterbury Chair of Podcast Theology and Culture at Faith-Seeking Understanding University, a completely fabricated university, completely made up off the top of my head. But, we're all seekers are invited to ponder profound things free of charge, and we have another Bonhoeffer episode, and so Dr. Pidge Bannon is with me. Pidge, how are you today?
1: I'm doing well. How about you? I am doing
0: great. We had rain, which we needed.
1: I know. It's been so dry. I know, and it's been such a lovely rain. Yes. It's just soaked into the yes. ground, and grass has really liked it, and turned green yeah. again. So turned
0: green again, <laughs> which means I'm going to be mowing my acre again. <laughs> But that's okay. Yeah, good deal. So yeah, it's been good. So today is the episode we've long been waiting for. Dietrich of Bonhoeffer stupid. on stupidity. I love it. Bonhoeffer's theory of stupidity, and it's a. This is a. I'm actually got the quote. I'm going to start out reading the quote. This is from his letters and papers from prison. Okay. And I'm going to read the long quote because I think it's important, and then we'll begin to have some conversation. So. Now, one of the questions, by the way, before we get into this, is whether the best German translation of the word Bonhoeffer uses is stupid or foolish. Okay. So some say foolish maybe is a little better. It doesn't, but in, you know, in in the English American context, it doesn't have the same Oh,
1: I was going to say stupid is way much better.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know, it's to say I'm no longer going to, we're no longer going to convince the foolish person is not the same as we're no longer going to convince the stupid
1: person <laughs> exactly Okay. but what does
0: Bonhoeffer <laughs> mean by that because again we think stupid means not really smart or not really intelligent that is not what Bonhoeffer means exactly so we got to have that conversation exactly. all right so let me read the quote here this is from his letters and papers in prison bear with me it's a little bit of a long quote but it's a good one all right here's what Bonhoeffer writes <clears throat> Stupidity is a more dangerous enemy of the good than malice. One may protest against evil. It can be exposed and, if need be, prevented by use of force. Evil always carries within itself the germs of its own subversion in that it leaves behind in human beings at least a sense of unease. Against stupidity, we are defenseless. (laughs) Neither protests or use of force accomplish anything here. Reasons fall on deaf ears. Facts that contradict one's prejudgment simply need not be believed. In such moments, the stupid person even becomes critical, and when the facts are irrefutable, they are just pushed aside as inconsequential as incidental. In all this, the stupid person, in contrast to the malicious one, is utterly self-satisfied and being easily irritated becomes dangerous by going on the attack. For that reason, greater caution is called for when dealing with a stupid person than with a malicious one. Never again will we try to persuade the stupid person with reasons, for it is senseless and dangerous. In other words, Bonhoeffer says, you got only so much time, and so talk to the people who actually are reasonable and who are open mm-hmm. to your perspective. The the stupid person, the foolish person, the person's already who got it all figured out, who don't know nearly as much as they say they do, just move on. Yeah. Right? Shake the dust off your sandals and move on to other things. So let's talk about what he means. So again, when, when we hear stupid, we think of someone who's not too bright. Bonhoeffer, that's not Bonhoeffer. And by the way, this is really important because we do tend to do this, and I'm sure it's not just American culture. But we tend to do this with people who disagree with us. This is common in politics. You know, if you don't share my politics, you're stupid. You're an idiot. And that's really what we mean. We mean you must not be too bright if you really believe that. We have to be real careful here because that is not what Bonhoeffer is saying. In fact, Bonhoeffer knows an awful lot of people in his day that fall under the, the, the understanding of his understanding of stupid who are really smart people, mm-hmm. really bright people. Mm-hmm. Okay, So he doesn't mean individuals with low intelligence or, or people who aren't uh, educated. Because again, a lot of the people he, put in the, he puts in this category are, are well educated. He's referring to those who, despite evidence of rational argument, willingly refu- uh, they, they just refuse to change their views. They act irresponsibly uh, and they act malicious uh, out of out of. They're, they're willfully ignorant. Don't confuse me with the facts. Mm-hmm. And, and they're very dogmatic, though, about what they believe. Um, and so let me talk about foolishness briefly to use that word. Um, it's interesting that the word foolish, that in the Greek and in the Hebrew, in both uh, the Old and New Testament, use this word that's often translated in the Bible, foolish. Both the Greek and the Hebrew actually literally means empty-headed. A oh. foolish person is empty-headed. Another way to say it is brainless. Okay. Okay. Um, now that's not what Bonhoeffer means. Um, he, he doesn't. He's, he's not the he does not talk about the scarecrow and the Wizard of yeah, Oz. Right? right? If I only had a brain. Right. Um, but they're just they're just stubborn in their beliefs. No matter what. They're going to believe what they believe, and don't uh, confuse me with the facts. Mm. Um, and so, what uh, Bonhoeffer sees here is, in his engagement with those who have bought into Hitler and the Nazis, that they these these followers uh, that Bonhoeffer knows of, of Hitler and Nazis are just very fervent. Mm-hmm. Um, they. Uh, you know, I always hesitate to use the word "cult" because I think it's—I think it's overused a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we need to be careful. But if part of what being in a cult means, the focus is on the person, the cult of personality, as we call it, then Nazism really was a cult because it was so focused on Hitler. There's no way the movement can continue without him. Um, and and so what happens with the people who follow the Nazis? is that no matter how glaring the atrocities are or the injustices, you know, Hitler's moving and moving to to strip Jews of rights, finding a way to isolate them, Mm -hmm. uh, and then relocating them. Um, And uh, people, you know, you have these stories after World War II. When it becomes apparent to the world what Hitler has done with the Jews, taking them off to concentration camps butchered them, you know, you have a lot of German citizens who confessed that they knew things were not going well for the Jews, but they just didn't want to believe it. They just mm-hmm. didn't want to know it. Mm-hmm. They had a sense, but they just didn't want to face the reality of what could be happening. Um, and so um, he is, uh, uh, he, he criticizes the stupid person uh, as those who... Uh, because of their ignorance. Their refu- and in- ignorance here means refusal to believe something. Re- refusal to think that maybe you might be wrong. Mm-hmm. That they obstruct justice. They obstruct truth and they obstruct pro- progress. And mm-hmm. so this, is, this mm-hmm. is what Bonhoeffer means. Um, so when he says, we will no longer try to convince stupid people, he is acknowledging that there are limits to rational discourse. You know, we like to think as children of the Enlightenment in the West, right? Mm -hmm. We like to think that if you just give people the facts, if you just show them the truth and what reality is, you can convince and persuade them. You talk to any behavioral psychologist, and they will tell you that is just not true. (laughs) That most of the time we... This is so true. Yeah, it doesn't mean that reasonable argument is irrelevant. But you have to be a person open. You ha- you have to have a humility about you and be open to being wrong.
1: Right. And you have
0: to be willing to engage different perspectives. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But Bonhoeffer really understands there's a limit to reasonable discourse. No one will accuse Bonhoeffer of not being an intellectual. Right. No one will accuse him of not employing logic and reasonable argument. Right. But he knows there's just a limit to that. There's a, there's a, a, a funny... Uh, Story about a guy. I may have said this at a one other time. I don't remember, but he's talking to his buddy and he says, "I really believe if you give everybody the facts and and just show them what the truth is, uh, you you can persuade them to change their mind." And his buddy says, "Well, that's really not what psychologists say. Psychologists say that we actually make decisions based more on our emotions." Mm-hmm. And his his buddy looks and looks a little flustered. He says, "Well, that's just what I believe." <laughs> Right? There it is. There, there it is. And so this is. Yeah. So this is uh, this is what's going on. says says reasonable argument has a limit. Right. And once you once you once you determine that the person you've been talking with is just not open to this, who is just going to stand in their ignorance and believe what they're going to believe, uh, and cherry pick facts, and because it's not they have no facts, it's just right. they cherry pick reality. Um. And he says, once that happens, he says, There's just no use in having conversation with them. If you're gonna if you're gonna try to have conversation with someone uh who has a difference of opinion than you, you, you need to have it with the persons who truly are open to the give and take mm-hmm. of conversation mm-hmm. and the give and take of, of uh of wanting to know what really is the truth, um, not what I believe is right. Right. Okay. Right. So so, so Bonhoeffer is just saying the stupid person just uh, is the person who's not open to the idea of change or reasonable. Not open to the idea that they might be wrong on something. Now this gets into uh, the issue of confirmation bias, uh, which is something else psychologists talk about. Confirmation bias is something all of us, by the way, suffer from. Confirmation bias says that we tend to gravitate toward those sources of information that confirm what we already that believe. That feed our, yeah. That feed, feed what I beliefs. believe yeah. um, So, for example, I'll give I'll, I'll give one example during COVID when COVID first broke out in 2020, and you know a lot of people were getting sick and dying. You hear stories of of, of nurses. Where you know they're putting the the patient on, getting ready to put him on a respirator because this is the last resort they can do. Mm-hmm. And people who are so convinced that you know this is a, a hoax of some kind or it's not as dangerous. I mean, they're they're getting to put put them on the respirator and they're arguing with the nurse that this is not what's going on. There's something else here that you're not telling me. I mean, mm-hmm. they're so convinced that this can't be the case. That's an extreme uh, case of confirmation bias. The idea right. that I, I want to hear from people who confirm me. I don't really want to be challenged in what I believe. I'm not open to differences of opinion or different sources. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what Bonhoeffer, I think, is talking about. don't know that he used this language. Doubtful that he did. But it's it's the language today that we use of confirmation bias. I'm seeking out those things that already agree with me, mm-hmm. and that bolster me. I don't really want to engage the fact that I might be wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. This
0: is the problem, and, and, and none of us is immune to this. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not like anybody uh, has. The only way we can uh, work on uh, our confirmation bias is to make sure we intentionally seek out different perspectives, different. Opinions and and be willing to read and engage people that will offer us some other possibilities that we should consider.
1: So this is like when um, my husband, Bernie, when he decides to do a 360 analysis and he sends out these surveys to all these different people, anybody he has any kind of dealing with, he sends these surveys out about his leadership capabilities, strengths, weaknesses, that kind of stuff. Right. And he loves to get them back, and he loves to read through them, and he loves to process through them, and he loves to become a better person. I'm like, no. I'm yeah. very aware of my own weaknesses <laughs> and breaking points. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Don't need a 360 to tell me what they
0: are. Yeah, that's right. So this is it, right? Yeah. And, you know, the problem is, of course, it's, it's hard for all of us to handle, uh, const- even if it's constructive. Yeah. Constructive criticism. This yeah. is tough. Nobody wants... Nobody wants to hear that. Some of us are better at receiving it than others. Right. But the reality is we don't grow. Right. We don't, right. and we don't get a better handle on the truth if we don't encounter that
1: stuff. Exactly.
0: And exactly. and I always tell people I say, I know there's places where I'm wrong about things, but I don't know where those places are. Right. So what I need to do is engage other people cuz maybe they can help me see that some a perspective I've held on something is just wrong. Yes, and if it's wrong, I need to change my mind. Exactly. And so we, so this is not a comfortable thing. So no, we're not, very. I was just thinking yeah, that. Yeah. So it's we're very not. We, we need to, you know, we need to have understanding because we all fall into this, but it's a necessary
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, practice that we all that we all have have to have. So
1: you telling me I need to do a three sixty? <laughs> I'm, t- I'm telling. <laughs> I'm not telling you a thing.
0: Other than other than you know, if you're very self aware, then that's a good thing too. Um, and that's, by the way, that's important. In order to be able to entertain changing our minds, we do have to have a kind of a humble self-awareness. We do. Bonhoeffer has this. We've seen this. Yeah. Where he changes his mind about things, where he encounters things and he rethinks them. And so if you, maybe one of the reasons Bonhoeffer can talk like this is Bonhoeffer is the kind of person
1: yeah.
0: who is able to be self-critical and and change his mind about things.
1: Well, and his, you know, we last week when we talked about, um, well, last couple of weeks when we talked about the Black Jesus in yeah. Harlem, and we talked about the moving into the Confessing Church and stuff like that, and all that that whole process for him was just a snapshot of this whole idea yeah. of moving. From one place to another, right. and just getting a completely different glimpse of who Jesus really is, right. and what Jesus really did right. and does for us, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So maybe Bonhoeffer is able to help us with this. So, so we have the problem with con, uh, confirmation. So he, so he suggests a strategic shift in the approach. He says, you know, instead of exhausting our efforts trying to. Uh, help people see things differently who just are not going to Mm -hmm. you know it just doesn't matter you know the heavens could open up and God could tell them you're wrong
1: (laughs) and they would say no I'm not
0: right he says we're you know we're not gonna he he says spend time with those who are open-minded spend time with those who will engage you in Mm -hmm. conversation Mm -hmm. people who are willing to learn now the other thing about this and I think Bonhoeffer would acknowledge this if you asked him but I think Bonhoeffer also says that means if i If if I'm going to engage people in conversation who are open to my perspective, I need to also be open to theirs. Mm. This is not a one-way street, right? Right. This is to you. You give and take. You give and take. And uh, so that that's very important. Um, So invest your energy, Bonhoeffer says, in fostering environments where truth can flourish. Where truth can flourish, not where I'm right can flourish. That the task in engaging in this constructive congregation, the conversation is not to win, but to understand, to have a better understanding, a better clarity. Now, Bonhoeffer uh, does also f- understand that. This kind of stupidity, as he calls it, um, is not something that happens in isolation, but it's nurtured. It's nurtured in power structures. It's nurtured. This is why propaganda in the, by authoritarians is so important. Because if I'm, I'm an authoritarian and I want to, get, want to get people to believe what I believe, I'm going to find ways to embed that in what is said and how it is said. And I'm going to find ways in dealing with different organizations, mm-hmm. so that I can I can utilize the message in a way, so that everybody will hang on to it. You know, it's it's uh, Friedrich Nietzsche, the philosopher said, mm-hmm. "Sanity, uh, insanity is rare in individuals, but it flourishes in groups." <laughs> <clears throat> and he's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I mean, groups can do some insane things when you get groupthink together. Right. You know, I had a I had a years ago at another church I served before I retired, had a chair of trustees, and he said to me one day we were talking about meetings, and he said to me one day he says, you know, it's real interesting to be in a meeting because sometimes, once the group gets thinking, and and groups start, goes in one direction, he says you end up with some kind of mutant that has three heads. <laughs> <laughs> and he was right, yeah you know in groupthink, yeah. you know it's amazing what can happen in group we think yeah. we think the more minds are they're, they're better and that's true if everybody around the table is open right but if you have got a a dominant person who you know sets the tone and you got other people who are followers, it can just be really scary scary and so uh hit um, um, Bonhoeffer understands this that once the snowball gets rolling in groups, and mm-hmm. once you whip people up, one of the reasons that authoritarians are always holding rallies. What, Why is Hitler always holding these rallies and making these speeches? He's whipping up into these, he's offering propaganda and whipping people up for this cause. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, all of this uh, uh, is important, and that's, by the way, that's where stupidity breeds, in mm-hmm. groups.
1: Yeah, okay. and that fear, I think there's a lot of
0: Use of that fear. Fear is absolutely at the yeah. heart of this. Absolutely yeah. at the heart of this. Yeah. Yeah. Authoritarians don't go around preaching hope. No, they don't. They don't. don't. <laughs> they I mean, don't. they'll use hope, they'll use hope, you know, here and there when it, it works for them a little bit. But most of all, it's fear. Mm-hmm. It's fear, you know. Um, it's not, it's not, I mean, you can't whip people up into hope if you want to get rid of the Jews. Yeah. Right. I mean, so first you got to do is you got to make people afraid, very afraid. Um, It's interesting that Bonhoeffer could reflect here somewhat of the Socratic idea from Socrates, the philosopher, that ignorance is the root of all evil.
1: Mm. This is
0: for Socrates. Ignorance is at the root. Um, Stupidity, Bonhoeffer, for Bonhoeffer, is not so much a lack of knowledge. Uh, rather, it's more about the illusion of knowledge, meaning this is a, a state where people believe they know more than they do. Uh, so it isn't that they lack knowledge. It's that they don't realize they lack knowledge. Mm-hmm. They think they know. This is called, to give you another psychological uh, effect, it's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Uh-huh. The Dunning-Kruger effect says okay. that we tend to judge our knowledge and abilities uh, more positively than they really are. Now, mm. in other words, we tend to think on certain things we're smarter than we really are. Uh, and But the problem is with the dunning-kruger effect is we don't know we're suffering from it <laughs> Right? Because you gotta know enough to know you're not as smart as you think you are. That's right. So so we and again, this is not something that we're that, all, that any of us is immune from. That we think we, you know, because we watched a certain news story or read something or we listened to a certain person, that somehow we know more than we really do. Mm-hmm. And so for Bonhoeffer, this is part of the problem. The problem is, is that you know, it's one thing to say. I mean, if you if you have a sense of what you know and what you don't know, right? I mean, the person not suffering from the Dunning Kruger effect knows there's just certain things. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I have a son-in-law who's great with cars. I know nothing about cars. I mean, as far as getting under the hood, right? So, so if I don't suffer from the Dunning-Kruger effect, I say to my son-in-law, if the car is broke down, tell me what's wrong with it, because I don't know. <laughs> but if I got the Dunning, I'm suffering from the Dunning-Kruger effect, I'm looking under the hood thinking, if I look at this thing, I'll figure <laughs> this out. When I'm not, Right. <laughs> Now, that's an extreme example. But we do tend to think that we could, if we're not careful, we know more than we really do.
1: Yeah.
0: And so the people who... Uh, so for, for Bonhoeffer, the people who were supportive of Hitler, the problem was that um, they, they lacked knowledge, but they thought they had more than they really did. Mm-hmm. And so, Bonhoeffer, this is a problem. Um, because, by the way, when you know more than you really do, you can reject... Mm -hmm. The wisdom of those who actually do know more. Right. And exhibit A, COVID. Yeah. You know, how many people, I mean, the scientists, and they were doing this on the ground, changing their perspective. But how many people used the fact that the science of the virus was changing, using that as saying they didn't know what they were doing? Mm -hmm. No, that's what science does. Science changes, science gathers all the evidence, draws conclusions, and then when they get more evidence, if they have to, they change what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bonhoeffer would say, stupid people would say, see, they don't know anything, you know, <clears throat> and and then talk, uh, imbibe from people who know better. Right. <clears throat> who know better. Right. Yeah, so so that's, uh, you know, that's that's what's going on here. So, um you know, it, one of the things that is interesting to me on this, when I think about what Bonhoeffer... i <clears throat> always saying, oh, let me get into the... Because I, I said earlier, I, I can't miss this. I said, par- pardon my voice, I'm, I'm dealing with allergies. Um, I talked about the people who were really smart. Bonhoeffer doesn't mean people who lack intelligence. Bonhoeffer is referring to some of his own professors, who bought in with Hitler? These are smart people. right? Uh, other pastors. So, I mean, so Bonhoeffer has direct experience with people who are really bright. Mm-hmm. Right? And in this case, for Bonhoeffer, they've gone stupid. They've bought in with Hitler, they're ignoring everything that's going on, and they're going with him. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> and and so there's just nothing else to be done. So it's always a reminder to us, is that no matter how brilliant we might be, mm-hmm. or how mu- brilliant we might think we are, <laughs> that's it. I think yeah. that's it. Yeah. Really, or or you know, I always said, you know, like PhD. Okay, you and I both have our doctorates. You know, I have to say, I know some, I know a few PhDs who for some reason think because they got a Ph.D., like they know a lot more than they do. Mm. I have to say that, right? I look at it differently. I've got a Ph.D., and you know what that means? That means I have got a command of knowledge in a small slice (laughs) of some area. Yeah. My My dissertation. (laughs) My dissertation was on Paul's letter to the Colossians. Right? Yeah. So... I got a PhD and my PhD says that I know stuff in colossians and ancillary stuff, all right? Yep. That doesn't make me an expert in deuteronomy. <laughs> that doesn't make me an expert in car mechanics. Right. That doesn't make me an expert. In other words, in other words, my knowledge and by the way, I did my dis- my dissertation was finished 23 years ago. In those 23 years, now stuff has been written on Colossians I haven't read. Right. So I can no longer say I'm really an expert. I'm sort of an expert has-been. okay. But sometimes we think because we know something in one area, we know things in other area. Right. When we really don't. It, it just requires humility
1: yeah.
0: on our part. Because the reality is there's stuff that other people know I don't. I need to draw on them. I need to, you know, I when I was a pastor I knew this. I, I knew that I had people in my church who knew stuff I didn't, and I needed to draw on them, you know. Uh, I, I'm not a big expert in finance. I, in fact, I actually could care less about finance, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, the finance report at the, at the board meeting just always bored me to tears. Yes. I wasn't interested in that, but I knew that we needed good finance people. Right. So what did I do? Uh, I was, had no interest in learning about finance, and that wasn't going to happen. I put in leadership to people who knew it. Right. Right. And I and I drew from them. Right. And I would ask them for their wisdom on things. Right. And so this is what the person who truly is wise, if we can take Bonhoeffer says stupid, let's talk about wise. Mm-hmm. The person with wise humility is the person who knows people and to, can draw on them. Again, not that the experts, quote-unquote experts, are always correct. Mm-hmm. But I know somebody who spent a lot of time studying a subject that I haven't, probably is correct more than I would be,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: that's the important point.
1: Yeah, it's understanding your weaknesses, your strengths, and your weaknesses, yeah. and being and being humble enough to say, "Okay, so I do need some help here. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to screw this up and be a mess for everybody else. Yeah. But I want to. Yeah, I want to help the church. Yeah. I don't want to hurt the
0: church. Yeah. One of the things I have. I, this is this. So, so we'll end on this because one of the things I'd say. <laughs> about this when I think about this is you know we live in a democracy and I'm fine with democracy. Democracy I think is a is a probably the best form of government this side of perfection. It's not perfect. But I've always said that democracy, well this is the way I say it, democracy, the greatest thing about democracy is everybody has a voice and vote. Mm. The worst thing about democracy is everybody has Has a a voice voice and vote, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, and in a democracy, we don't get to decide who is smart enough to have their voice and vote. Right. Right. I mean, the reality is there are probably people out there who probably, anyway, I shouldn't say any more than that. But, <laughs> but the point simply is, is that in order for democracy to flourish, people have to be willing to learn. Yeah. And they have to be willing to consider different opinions. Because they're making decisions that are going to put people in leadership. Mm-hmm. Not all voices are created equal. I'm sorry. Right. Right. Not, all votes are, not all votes are good votes. Mm-hmm. But we live in a world, we live in a, a society where we say we're going to give everybody that opportunity, and I support that. Mm-hmm. So then it's incumbent upon the citizen to say, I need to know what's going on. If I'm going to make these decisions. Right. Yeah. Right. So... Anyway, so that's Bonhoeffer on stupidity. I love it. Okay.
1: Theory of stupid is my favorite theory it, it, from it here is, on out. It is great. It is, just it, is. An, it is just an incredible And you know what theory. really
0: strikes me interesting is that uh, Bonhoeffer gets quoted a lot on social media. And he gets quoted by some people who I think are stupid. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. But again, that's the Dunning-Kruger effect. Right. This applies to me, but I don't know it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs>
0: So, and I won't name any names, but anyway, in case you know, I, yes, finish. I want to know those names. I, I do need to finish with a quote. Okay. That gets back to this. Um, okay. This is Carl Sagan. Okay. The astronomer. Who, okay. Who uh, did the Cosmos that series, and uh, he? Uh, here's what he says about the bamboozle, and it's a great quote. I want to end with this because I think he's getting at what Bonhoeffer talks about. He says one of the saddest lessons of History is this. If we've been bamboozled long enough, we tend to reject any evidence of the bamboozle. We're no longer interested in finding out the truth. The bamboozle has captured us. It is simply too painful to acknowledge, even to ourselves, that we've been taken. Once you give a charlatan power over you, you almost never get it back. Oh
1: my gosh! Yes, that's it's, good.
0: I've been bamboozled, but I'm gonna go along with the bamboozle because it's too painful to admit to myself I've been bamboozled. Yep. <laughs> All right, friends. So, on that note, we will end. I love it. And remember, friends, don't uh, don't uh, convince stupid people, whoever that may be in your life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't even try. Don't
0: even try. All right. We need to end there. Friends, thanks again for this uh, and for listening. This is uh, Alan Bevere uh, and Faith Seeking Understanding. A reminder that the patron saint of Faith Seeking Understanding is Anselm of Canterbury, who said, I do not understand in order to believe, but I believe in order to understand. Keep seeking, my friends. Bye. <laughs>